This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Millionaire Real Estate Live podcast. Today, we are so excited to have Jennifer with us from being a waitress and teen mom in California to becoming the CEO of a $200 million a year real estate team. She has a PhD in grit. She got into real estate in 20, 2003, where she saw an immense opportunity for investment within the space. In her first year, she was the top agent in her office and developed a passion for helping others to find their dream home and build their net worth. In 19 years in business, she's been through the biggest ups and downs that the market has to offer, and we all know that. So she's done everything from REOs and short sales to flipping homes, commercial real estate, you name it, she's done it. And she's kept her business alive by being on the cutting edge of digital marketing tactics like blogging and video and internet lead generation. She has grown her business selling over $200 $200 million in real estate. So in addition to building her own team, she serves as a coach and a mentor to other agents across the country. She's dedicated to helping agents create their own real estate business, leave a legacy, build a healthy lifestyle, and she empowers her clients to do the same. She's a wife, a mother of four, a skydiver, a biohacker, a serial entrepreneur, and she has a book out that she's going to tell you about. So welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited to have you here. So everyone's going to be really interested on how you've grown your team. Let's first talk about that. So when you decided to first build a team, um, how did that come about? What were the steps that you made to to create a team? Yeah, I'll say my first step out, it happened right away. So I got into real estate. It was October of 2003. And then I remember Thanksgiving of 2003, um, I went away to go see family and my phone kept blowing up. I'm like, people work on Thanksgiving but I knew it was a need. It's not like I could just take the day off and tell my clients to screw off. So I hired an assistant right away. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, hey, 80-20, I take 80, you take 20. I generate all the leads, I do this, you do all the follow-up. Then 2000, and that was when we were, I was heavily investing. I was building luxury homes. I thought it was Donald Trump. And then 2008 happened. So 2008 shifted. Um, I uh, couldn't afford my assistant. I could barely uh, afford my house. I was in foreclosure. Uh, it was it was dire times. I went from being worth millions to being worth uh, below zero millions. Um, so in 2008, nine, I got into REO. In 2010, it was like that last year of REO short sell. 2011 really turned around and I got super busy. I think we I flipped with an investor 50 homes that year on top of uh, selling about 50 homes myself. Um, and then it wasn't until about 2014 where I was ready to not just have an assistant, not just get leverage, but to build a team where at some point, you know, I could sell it or I could, you know, work 10 hours instead of 70 um, and that was, uh, I hired my, uh, an assistant first and that was great. Um, right after that, I mean, like really within a couple months, I hired my first buyer's agent who is still with me today, 10 years later, and her daughter works for me. Um, so that was when I intentionally, I read the millionaire real estate agent. I was in coaching and masterminds and I was, uh, surrounded by people that were way smarter than me. And so that's, um, that's really where I'm at. So this year, 
Last year, we closed out at 225 million. Would have done a lot more if uh, the interest rates didn't do what they did. But, you know, so for all of us, um, we have about 30 agents today um, and uh, about 500 in my national network. Um, so it's been fun. I have been out of production now two years. I still go on listing appointments with agents from time to time because I love them. <laughs> and I I never want to get so rusty. I don't know my trade. Don't mind not working with buyers. But um, but yeah, that's what uh, I do that. And I have um, several businesses. They're all real estate related. So it's all, you know, kind of one big circle. Yeah, that's great. So you said you have about 30 agents that work with you under your team, in addition to referral partners that you have across the country. What does the rest of your staff look like? So when someone's thinking about buying, building a team, for every how many agents did you have to add on an admin to support them? Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to say that as an equation because sometimes um, I've hired admin to grow. So it might not have substantiated the growth. Like I didn't have the agent count necessarily, but it was I, needing that person to be able to get to the next level. So I have uh, I have my integrator. So if anybody has read Traction or Rocket Fuel, uh, my integrator manages all the different silos of my business. Um, she's my miracle, my work wife. <laughs> Um, I have uh, a full-time TC that does full like, full support for our our agents. We want our agents selling homes, not processing paperwork. Um, I have an operations manager, all the operations of the of the team, a database manager. Um, right now, we're outsourcing our um, our marketing, but we're looking to hire a, an in-person marketing because uh, when the market shifted, I had to look at. All, you get to see all the mistakes when when the when the times are tough, um, and some of the mistakes I made was having the wrong people in place. Um, while times were good, you don't really recognize that, but when your P and L gets tighter and tighter, you're looking at every little thing. So, and core values are everything to me, my in my personal life and in my professional life. Um, and we had to truly look honestly at a couple members of our team that were not adhering to our core values. So. I'm hoping that my oldest daughter, she's 25, um, hoping that she might take the role, the position. But for right now, we're um, I'm the head of the marketing department. I have two ISAs and then um, a sales director. We also use virtual assistants at a very high level too. So our, all of our admin um, are trained to use virtual assistants, leverage. Um, we're using chat GPT, you know, anything that in our role, like we're, we're, um, we're leveraging out the things that you know are, are not in their, our most efficiency, are not highest dollar per hour activities, and that goes all across the board. Whether you're an agent, CEO, t- transaction manager, it, you know, we all should be operating and getting better, a little bit better every day, um, leveraging on those systems, technology, virtual assistants, and then you know, off each other. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing right now is there's so much we can leverage with virtual assistants and the AI that we're getting um, to be able to just help save us some time. So like you said, you want agents out with clients and writing offers, not necessarily doing the paperwork and the behind the scenes. And that's where a lot of agents get caught up in in the day-to-day tasks. They could be easily leveraging their time um, with there's so many resources we have access to now. And a lot of that came from what happened with the market crashing. And it's something you touched on just a little bit. And we talked about a little bit. I love something that you said. You said the market crashing was so good for you. And I think that's something that we tend to forget 
we think, oh my gosh, the market's changed. My business is down. But what you said was when things are really good, you don't look for change. But when things are bad, you start to look for areas that you need to make changes in. And it was such a good thing that you said, because otherwise, when the market's good, you just keep doing exactly what you were doing and you're not able to change and pivot and find out what better resources are out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like why our great grandparents, when they went through the Great Depression, um, they were very resourceful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, something that in this like age of abundance, we've kind of sometimes lost sight of. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. So we talked a little bit about um, like mindset and dispelling myths. And something that we were talking about a little bit was the, the way that the media wants to portray our market right now is all doom and gloom. And so one of the things that you've been able to do is kind of take that and figure out how you're going to use that to be able to be a resource to your clients. And one of the things you talked about was like your full offer package. So when we're in this area of multiple offers, um, we're still seeing it. I'm still seeing people have 40 people, you know, putting an offer in on a house. How do you educate your clients and your agents to make sure that you're leveraging yourselves at the top of the game? So they're picking you to be able to be the agent to put that offer in. Yeah. And so for us, you know, when the times were good um, and, you know, I, I like to say that we all have whiplash, you know, as an agent, you know, it was, uh, I think December, I, I don't even know what December's PL is in my head. I wanted to forget it. It was so dark. Um, but, um, oh gosh, I think I just lost my train of thought thinking about that, but uh, going through what we went through last year, it was like pe- being able to fully, you had to peek under the hood. You had to lift your hood up and see what is in my machine. What do I need to do better? So for our clients, like we kind of got away from buyer consultations um, when we used to be so religious about them, but in 2021, 20, 22, they, they were just ready to go right up until the interest rate went up. That's when it was time for us to be able to like incorporate the buyer consultations back into the business. So sometimes they're initial buyer consult. Sometimes it's a second buyer consult. Maybe you're working with a buyer for three or four months and still haven't found them, still haven't locked them down a house. Maybe it's time to have a second consultation, a Starbucks at your office, you know, whatever makes sense. Um, But when we do submit an offer, because as a listing agent on my side, I can tell you so many times when offers come in, it's like a DocuSign. And maybe I get an agent calling, but not edifying their offer, not saying the right things, not asking the right questions. So for us on our team, we have um, a buyer roadmap. We have a full buyer packet that we walk the buyers through in each stage. And when we're submitting their offer, having systems in place like uh, a canned response, whether it be in Google, but you're instead of writing the same thing over and over and over again, you always want your that initial letter, that email that goes over to be beautiful, right? Because you know the more um, the more impactful it is, the more likely your buyer's offer is going to get accepted. So we have a can response, the strengths of the offer. We edify the offer. We call the agent, let them know why the seller should pick our offer. We have our lender call to edify. We have our lenders have on time closing guarantees. You know, they can just say the buyer's gotten, um, we have a full DU approval, anything that's going to help um, the agent on the other side to understand this is a certain deal. You know, don't be scared of backup offers because so many um, offers are still falling out. You know, it's about a 30% fallout rate in our county. Um, being able to write um, competitive offers, but not, you know, overpricing it so much, but that's going to hurt your client. 
um, but what other terms are going to be important to the seller. Um, so a lot of the things that we were training back in before the market took a hit in June, July of last year, we're retraining again. And, um, you know, still having to move quick if it's a cream puff, because those cream puffs will move fast. So if it's a video tour, you know, for an out-of-state client, um, be it just for our agents staying on top of the new inventory every day. You might have one home that might be a good fit for three or four of your buyers. Take a little video tour and send it to all four and see, you know, that also lets them know that you're thinking about them. You're not just waiting for them to go find on Zillow what homes they want to see. Because the last thing we can be in this market, because it worked for a while, but is to be those order taker Uber drivers. You know, we need to be the guides in the transaction. And there is so much doom and gloom out there. And every time there's some kind of uh, event or report or interest rates go up, you know, it's you go on YouTube or Instagram and it's everywhere, bad stuff. So it's taking the news media to ourselves. So it's meeting with our clients to educate them on the market. Because I truly believe it's going to be the last best summer to buy before, you know, interest rates go down. We have an election year next year. Um, but uh, also putting this out there for the public, putting it out there on your social media channels, you know, you becoming the new source instead of, you know, MSNBC. Yeah. Let's talk about that too. Cause that's a little bit something like someone would be shocked to hear someone say, this is the last best summer it will be for you to buy. Like that is something that would catch someone there. Cause they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Interest rates are still high. Like I can't find like, why would I leave my house that I have a 3% interest rate and go buy somewhere else? That's, you know, I'm paying six, 7%. So that is actually probably a great post on social media you could do or an email out to your, your, you know, Contacts that you would say this, hey, just FYI, this is going to be the last great summer for you to buy. You need to contact me. What would you say to them? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we can see now, and every market's different, but as far as uh, like my market, uh, we are really lucky in Phoenix to have something called the Cromford Report. But most of you are going to have some resource that you can look at every day or every week, every Monday at the very minimum to know where your market's at. So right now we're seeing month over month appreciation every month, just because the lack of inventory is going to drive the market. It's going to be the single biggest driver of the market is that lack of inventory. And even with new home starts, we finally got a positive new home start number, but those homes aren't going to be ready for 12 months, 12 to 18 months. And we have more people moving here and living here than the amount of rooftops that we have. And we can't build fast enough. So knowing that, and now seeing that prices are going up again. I'm personally looking to buy a house. I don't want to pay 7%. I have a 2.2% rate on my house. Um, but I, I'm a true, I have a genuine need. I have a genuine need to buy a house. So if a, a buyer or a seller has a genuine need, maybe they're relocating, maybe they had a baby and they're living in a 1300 square foot house. Maybe they're um they their kids just left the house and they have a 6,000 square foot house and right? That there's no uh, low interest rate, but it's just not the house they want to live in. They want a different lifestyle. They want to live closer to things, whatever it is. But when you could determine what people will run um, away from pain quicker than they'll run towards pleasure. So kind of, you know, in, a, in some of those sellers, it's pain. The pain is they are the home that they want to buy is going to be so much more expensive next year. Might not be 50 to 70% expensive, but it's going to be, you know, two. Sometimes we're seeing two to 3% appreciation 
month over month. So you can just add that. And even if we're on the low end of seven to 10% more in a year, that's still that much more they're going to be paying for the same house, especially if it's a good house right now, like the cream puffs, you know, those are like a, a needle in the haystack. <laughs> and, you know, when we go back to like location, 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 um, there are going to be some markets that are going to be uber strong compared to other markets. And those uber strong markets aren't, go aren't going anywhere. They're only going to get more competitive. So one of the things I always say is that you're unemployed until your next sale. So when you're in real estate, you earn the money, you get paid, and then you're actually unemployed again, right? That's how real estate works. So we want to teach everybody how to conduct themselves as a business and not just be real estate agents because business owners, being a business owner will help you retire. And so I want you to look at something that is the next level, which is Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. And so what he says is, is that the next level of a business owner is like, okay, ask yourself, am I on this side or am I on this side? Am I just self-employed or am I a business owner? or do I take it to the next level and have passive income? And that's really what is great is because we teach you number one, how to operate on this side where you're a business owner and also are creating passive income. And what I say is, does your system, does your business work independently from you? Like, have you ever been to a real estate agent retirement party like i never have right like i've seen people you know that have been in real estate for a really long time it ages you but i know one thing i don't want to be showing homes on saturdays and sundays getting calls at night and i don't want to when i'm 65 years old doing that and so that's what we're trying to solve is saying why don't agents retire well there's all kinds of reasons you know they there's no retirement contribution matched by their employer healthcare prices are going up prices in general are just insane right now and even if you have a rental property that maybe makes three thousand dollars a month you're spending two thousand dollars on expenses and then you just aren't making enough passive income. So what we wanna teach you how to do, we call it now and later. Like, you know the candy, now and later? Well, we wanna have you have money now, and your now money is helping buyers and sellers buy their home and sell their home. Yes, let's do a little bit of that, but we're going to help you create that later money, which is where we can retire or at least have some kind of retirement money addition to what we're already making. And so that is the real basis of our brokerage. You can build your own brand, you can be successful, and we give you all the tools and support to fast track your business to success. Yeah. And that's great. And I think that's something because people are so fixated on the interest rate right now. They're like, well, the interest rate is this been, you know, this much percentage points higher. I think that's a great piece to show, especially like, like you said, most of us get some type of reporting that says like month over month housing increased by this much percent. And it's way more than the interest rate. 
And we have to remember that we need to get our lenders involved to talk about interest buy downs. And there's a lot of different things that we can utilize at this market because if they wait one more year, the amount of money more that they will be paying for the price of the home is so much more than the interest rate. And I love how you said they will run from pain more than they will to pleasure. So it's about talking to your client and just understanding what is their why, like what is their reason for it and working that to make sure that you're getting them in the best possible position. So I love that. Now talking about how kind of times are different now, what is one way that you keep your team motivated during times where there's low inventory, they're putting multiple offers in on the house, their client can't get anything, they're getting frustrated and they're coming to you and saying like, I just want to give up, like this is crazy. How do you keep them motivated in markets like we're currently in? You know, community and consistency are the two things that I'd say that just pop out of my head. Um, we meet every Monday in the cloud. We meet um, every Tuesday. So my team meeting will be here. It's, uh, it's like 920 here. But our team meetings are 10 o'clock um, the second Tuesday out of the month. And then we have small group coaching that happens all the intermittent weeks. But meeting together as a whole and then having our one-on-ones, my sales director has one-on-ones with the agents. It's the consistency of the messaging. It's the, we've leveled up on the training. Um, we've dived even deeper on role play, which I you know, can't wait to get to heaven someday and not have to do role play anymore. <laughs> it's because it's monotonous, it's boring, but it's it's absolutely needed. When we yeah. get back to the basics, we ha- it's like I really my role here is chief reminding officer. Yeah. And uh, as the CRO, you know, it sometimes it feels like you're beating a dead horse, but that's what it is right now. It's that repetition, that consistency. And some agents are going to leave your team because they're not going to believe you. And they're going to think the grass is greener or somewhere else. They're going to go and they're going to realize that, yeah, you got to call, you got to pick up the phone. You got to call two hours a day. Like we're, it's not the some secret, you know, yeah. it's just taking action and doing it and leveling up on your human skills. Cause at the end of the day, houses are the gadgets we sell. It's the humans that we're helping and when we get better at being humans ourselves and understanding the human on the other side, that will be able, uh, be able to understand what value do I need to bring to them to help them achieve their goals. And maybe it's not to buy, but most of the time, you know, we hear what's keeping them back and it's fear, fear or overwhelm. Those are the two biggest things that will hold anybody back. So if you can dispel the fear and simplify it by saying, you know, here are the steps they're not overwhelmed by this big, huge process, you know, you're going to get a lot more people that can have clarity. And when they have clarity, they're going to be able to make choices and the best decisions for them. Yeah. And a lot of times the fear comes from the unknown and they're afraid to ask the question because they don't, they're afraid of the answer. They're afraid the answer is going to be like, well, I can't, I can't afford to buy a house. And oftentimes that's actually not the case. And I, I, I've seen some really great, um, like scripts or messaging that's went out that instead of saying like, Hey, um, you know, I found this great house on the market that's in your price range for 250000 It's like, hey, this house came across. I spoke with my lender and we can get you into it for $1,200 a month. That is so like the the big number is scary to them, but the, the amount they're going to pay every month is much more like they can swallow that. And it's like, oh, I can do that. Like I pay 1400 for my rent that I could buy a house for 1200 I think it's just really getting people to be able to understand what the agent is, af- what the client is afraid of and how to help calm that fear in them. That monthly payment is so key because when you are looking at, and I get sticker shock too, believe me, when I'm looking at like the houses that I 
spot, you know, a few years ago, what they're, what they cost today and what the interest rate is today. Yeah. But when you break it down in terms of monthly payment, oh, it's $600 more a month. And maybe for me, that's, maybe it's $200 for someone else and it's six or $800 for me. But that to me is a number I can, I can digest it. It's not, oh, you're paying $400,000 more. Right. So that, um, yeah. And I think that's a great way to look at it. Like even myself, you know, when I was purchasing house or purchasing cars or whatever it might be, um, my answer is always, I don't personally care what the cost of the home is or the cost of whatever I'm buying. It's to me, it's like, as, get me whatever I can get for this much a month. And I think if you can change people's mindset to that, they're less concerned about the big number and about, okay, I know that I can afford $2,500 a month, $3,000 a month, $2,000 a month, whatever it is, What? tell me what I can buy for that. And I think that if you can start to have conversations like that, it does take that fear out of it because now they're thinking, nobody's thinking in, you know, when you hear the big number, that's scary. When you think about, everyone's thinking about what can they pay for this month? So it's like, I know that I have this in my budget. I'm already paying this. So if I can get something at, or, you know, a couple hundred bucks more, a couple hundred bucks less, yeah, I'm in. And so I think that's where we can help calm that fear of somebody moving forward when they're, they're you know, their objections are interest rates or their, their objections is the rising cost in homes. Well, guess what? Neither the rising cost in homes is not going to stop. Like we are going to continue to see appreciation. We're not in a, the market like we were back in the 2007. So it's just important to kind of get that to them. Let's talk. You know, and I remember yeah. after my financial turmoil, I remember going to buy a second home for the first time. I can tell you personally, even as an agent, I was so absolutely fearful to talk to my vendor, my lender. And, you know, and she told me, yes. You know, and I was like, all that pen up fear that was bubbling up. Um, so making it easy, like to pass off to the vendor, like lender, like, oh, you don't need to have all your taxes and everything right there. Like 15 minute call, she can give you a good overview. You guys all have probably good um, relationships with your lenders. If not, make sure you do. But um, making it as easy as possible to them is going to help them get over that that hump faster. Yeah. Awesome. Now let's talk a little bit about lead generation and how to generate um, you just more referrals, more clients in, in this market. We'll talk about how you're getting referrals from your current database and then how are you maybe getting some new stuff in. So let's talk about the referrals. I know you're just wrapping up this really cool program that's called, you said it's been the last 60 days, it's called Mom, Dads, and Grads. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we wanted, we have been doing client events since um, probably since I've been a team. Like I used to do this small style, just even when I was a solo agent. Um, we've done everything from movie theaters to Top Golf. So for Mother's Day, um, graduations, and Father's Day, uh, what we did is an open house. So every Wednesday from 4 to 6 30, we bring food, music, we have games, we had a yoga instructor, a golf pro. Um, I'm an astrologer, so I, I was doing chart reads. Um, we had like a red carpet and we invited all of our past clients, our friends, our, even if it's not a client, if it's a if somebody that you have met, they're in your database, I'm like, invite them. And even if they don't come here, the whole point of it is you're inviting them to value. You're inviting them for appreciation. Um, and being top of mind like that, you might not get a referral right there at the party. Like they bring it to you. Here you go. But you're on the top of their mind. So we go to work the next day, like someone, they hear somebody talking about a house, like you got to use Jen, you know, she's, you know, they're going to be top of mind. So that it's been a lot of fun. Um, we had little grab bags and, 
and stuff. So that will be the last one will be tomorrow. It'll be casino night too. So we're going to add a little for the dads, a little, you know, gambling. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that's why it's so important. You have to make deposits before you can make a withdrawal. Like I love the example that you always have to like, you can't go to the ATM and take money out if you've never put money into it. And so these types of events, um, just calling in and checking on, you know, people, hey, I, you know, I remember we, I sold you a house a couple of years ago. Isn't your kid graduating this year? Like things like that, that are, you know, when you know momentous times are coming around throughout the year, doing that just to make sure they're like, wow, they really care about me. So just like you said, when they're at work tomorrow and someone's like, oh my gosh, you know, we've got to get a bigger house. My wife's pregnant or whatever it might be. And then they're like, you have to use so-and-so because they are, they just called me yesterday to ask about my kid graduating. Like they remembered that those are really, really important. Um, now let's yeah, like, we've all had those clients that we've lost touch. Like we, we close, we just haven't called them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a really great icebreaker to be like, Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Long time to talk. Hey, do you like parties? Oh yeah. You know, it's like, who is not going to, who's going to yeah. be affected by that? It's a really great icebreaker to get back into flow. Yeah. That's awesome. Now let's talk about new business. How do you use social media to either bring awareness to your team and your brand or generate leads from it? Yeah. So for social media, I've been doing video um, since 2009 or 2010. Um, and we we're largely on YouTube and Facebook. And then, I mean, I'm old guys, so I'm like 45 and I feel like I'm always on the, it's always more, 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 but I've also had a marketing assistance. I've always had a marketing department in my team. I've just been the one to lead it. So we use um, Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, uh, I do a lot. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see, um, I do a lot of, uh, like leadership, my, um, we're growing our team. Uh, we definitely showcase our listing. We want to be different. So I don't want to look like everybody else. I've done everything from, um, I had my own, uh, fitness series for a while where I went to different small gyms, um, showcasing, um, the small gym owners doing all these different workouts, goat yoga, I'd even did like a mermaid class. Um, and then to that COVID happened and shut down all the gyms. Um, but being, uh, I just got signed on to the American dream, but any one of you can do this by being, um, a champion of your community. So you all know that the different neighborhoods like you love with the different, like why it's so cool, the different restaurants, fun things to do. Um, here in Scottsdale, we're the most holistic city in the nation, but I like to um, do things like cryo or cold plunges. Um, and doing that on video to showcase to my community, you know, what, um, what's living in Scottsdale is all about. Um, I, uh, definitely do a lot for agent coaching, agent training. So you'll see a lot of that. And I've had like, kind of like when you're a solo agent going from a team, you kind of have like an identity crisis. You're like talking less about the homes you're showing and the clients you're working with to, you know, now you're like a leader and you're showcasing your agents. But we showcase our, we show a lot of appreciation for our agents on social media. And so it gives them the credibility. And also my identity is shifting to be like, I'm not, I'm not the one competing with my agents. I my clients still come to me, but they understand that they're going to be paired with the best agent for them on my team. And uh also by putting more, I'd say recruiting out there, I've actually gotten higher level listings back because. Sellers think a little differently than buyers. Sellers think, wow, she's good enough that she could be teaching agents how to do it. She probably is going to know how to sell my home 
you know, really well. So right. Always presenting yourself as the expert. When you're doing these videos, what's the ideal length of them? It gets shorter and shorter. Yeah. Um, with our attention spans. Um, I used to have like five, seven minute market videos that no one would watch today, but they're all on YouTube still. But um, I love the green screen option on uh for market updates, having the charts and things right behind you. Um, news jacking, like when you do you guys do you guys see that Goldman Sachs article earlier this year? What a crock of crap. It was terrible. So Phoenix was gonna go down just as bad as 08. And so I took that article and and talked crap about it with it behind me on Instagram, not you know, saying why it wasn't true. And so you'll see things like that where again you're taking control back to the media and sometimes just being fun, you know, still putting your your kids out there um when you're out if you're out uh, water skiing or hiking or whatever it is because people want to relate to you as a person and i can't stand the just listed just sold the generic crap where it looks like you know you just keep scrolling so anything disruptive um fun funny um that's like maybe my my irish side of me coming out but i personally love fun so funny twists that we can do making sure we have some fun posts on there yeah well, awesome. Well, we are already out of time. It's been so great chatting. Tell them about your book that you have out. Yes. Yeah, so um, I fell in love with Leonardo da Vinci a few years ago. <laughs> and uh, so I um, was inspired because I see here that we are in a renaissance. Again, you know, we are in back in 1465, we had uh, see 20 or uh, 40 total Bibles in the world. After the printing press by 1500, we had 25 million. So now we're in the day where, you know, with, I think we have 2 million hours of YouTube videos watched every day. Um, so we are in, it's moving faster, right? Like Chad GPT just came out and like, I don't even know what we did before it. <laughs> so it's just going to get writing this renaissance of, it's a, an ending and a beginning, but it truly is. If you embrace the artist side of you and you put some systems into it, you know, this really can be the most exciting time that we've ever been in. So my book is called The Renaissance Real Estate Agent, How to uh, um, How to Unleash the Art of Systems in Your Business. And I really shared everything I ever learned from how to manage my finances, how I the, how I built my team from step one to step 10, and it's still growing, marketing, um, training onboarding. <laughs> I put all that fun stuff, but I also read it, um, wrote it for agents. So they're very small paragraphs, a lot of bullet points and a lot of graphs and things you can download and make it interactive. Um, cause I know what we have a lot of high D's and I also know that less than 3% of the population read the book, <laughs> read books at all. So, um, yeah, it's on Amazon called the Renaissance real estate agent. And, uh, awesome. It really is. I poured my blood, sweat, and tears. And if anything, it was really a childhood dream come true. And I really, for each one of you on the call today, later today, take a moment, go outside and just think about those childhood dreams that we sometimes just forget with all the chaos in the world. But if we can get back to thinking bigger, the bigger you think, the easier it gets. Because the bigger you think, the bigger minds that you want to surround yourself by, the bigger minds that can buy into your vision. And it really gets exciting when it's about just helping other people. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Um, tell our listeners where they can find more about you. Yeah. So my um, Instagram, I felt like that's like the new um, 
want to meet me CRM, you can DM me. I am very responsive. So Jennifer Wayner, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on YouTube, but the easiest way to connect with me would be just follow me on um, Instagram. I'll follow you back and shoot me a DM and anything I can do to help truly. Um, this is uh it's fun being able to give back and not having any limit on that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and we will see our listeners again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents and tune in next week for another power packed episode. This is the millionaire real estate podcast.